Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Mediascope Brief. I am so happy to be back with you. Welcome. My name is Tachi. I talk all about media tech and pop culture news. So let's get to it. Let's skip the fanfare. Google Glass, those still exist. Apparently they do. Uh, Their second generation enterprise model has leaked up an update to the specs. And guess what else? USB-C. Yes. Okay. So it may not be exactly uh, something that set the world on fire with their vision of augmented reality and the wearables future, but it did get a second life back in 2017 with the Google Glass Enterprise Edition. So that means for business. And now leaks for the second generation model of the enterprise version are starting to appear with Google set to add boosted specs and a USB-C port according to 9to5Google and The Verge. From the outside, the biggest change to the second-generation Google Glass Enterprise Edition is a USB-C port for charging, and that replaces the magnetic cable used on other versions of Glass. It's a shift that makes sense, considering that Google intends for these devices to be used on factory floors and warehouses where the ability to quickly recharge something is more important than the aesthetics of a magnetic charger. So 9to5Google reports that the updated Glass Enterprise Edition also will feature a Snapdragon 710 with onboard LTE, Bluetooth 5.0, and 802.11 AC Wi-Fi for connectivity. Okay, those are some pretty serious glasses. The camera is also reportedly getting another upgrade from the 8 megapixel sensor on the previous model all the way to the 32 megapixel sensor uh, with support for either 4K video at 30 frames per second or 1080p at 120 FPS. Google is also boosting the RAM on these babies to 3 GB, that's three gigs, (laughs) up from two gigs on the original two generations of the glass. In other words, it's basically a mid to high range Android smartphone in a very specific form factor in the form of glasses. So you're wearing, this is an Android wearable if you think about it. So it doesn't look like a particularly ground shaking update in terms of the look. Uh, But it seems that much like Microsoft with the upcoming HoloLens 2, Google has settled on enterprise customers as the main focus for the current generation of the augmented reality tech. And that may seem disappointing compared to the high-flying promises that Google once made for the platform, but hopefully these iterations of augmented reality products will help continue to be stepping stones towards a more practical consumer version down the road. Now, okay, the, there were so many problems, it seemed, in terms of getting consumers to buy in or to adopt this. I don't know if any of you had Google Glass, but they were so... Google has this problem to me with being very exclusive with the new products that it releases, you know, at least with some of them. Remember when Google Plus first started, you had to be invited or you could sign up on a list. For me, I was like, well, damn, I don't need Google Plus that bad. There are other social platforms, goodbye. And then they opened it up to everyone. So in a way, it's like they exclusive themselves right out because it never really caught on there. There was a small dedicated community, but a small community nonetheless for Google Plus. And then with Google Glass, again, it was the thing of beyond any tech things, it was a thing of being very exclusive, certain, but it was just, it was just not, 
uh, consumer friendly. It didn't feel like it was for everyone. And honestly, if you're going to make these types of products, everyone should feel like they have the ability to participate in the experience. Even if you don't want to pay the money for whatever it costs, you should feel like you have the ability to participate. And that to me is what Google was missing. So it remains to be seen whether this is really the stepping stone that is needed to make these wearable glass technology or glasses technology for augmented reality a thing that sticks in the future. Okay, well, I would love to know what you think about this. Do you have Google Glass or did you have Google Glass? Do you have an enterprise edition of the Google Glass? Is your company using it? Do you not give two dams? I want to know either way. <laughs> Please drop me a line and I shall be back with more media tech and pop culture news. Welcome back. Okay, let's talk a little bit about Apple and their foray into this whole foldable phone thing. We already know that this wave of the quote future is here in the in the wave of foldable phones, right? So Corning is the glass manufacturer that currently provides Apple and many other smartphone makers with Gorilla Glass for its phones. And they're working on a bendable version of the glass that could be used uh, or with us rather in less than two years, according to The Verge. So in an interview with Wired via Mac Rumors, Corning General Manager John Bain said that the challenge was creating a glass that's thin enough to bend without sacrificing the resistance needed to protect a display. So in 2017, Apple said that they were investing $200 million in the company to support Corning's research and development capital equipment needs and state-of-the-art glass processing. Now, I talked about this before, that Apple had filed patents that suggested that they were already investigating this area, and an report, a report last year claimed that Apple could release a foldable device as early as 2020. Well, some people have beat them to it, but it's not about being first, it's about being the best in this game. Bain's comments come as two key Android phone manufacturers, as I said, announced their first foldable phones, Samsung's. Galaxy Fold and Huawei's Mate X, however, or Mate 10. However, both of the devices still use plastic screens in order to achieve their form factor. Although the Mate X's or Mate 10 screen offers uh, comparable friction and responsiveness to a glass screen, its ability to resist scratches remains untested. So Bain notes that the company is targeting three to five millimeter bend radii for its 0.1 millimeter thick glass, which could allow a foldable phone to be as thin as six millimeters to 10 millimeters with the folding screen wrapped around the outside. So think about the fact that the iPhone um, 10s is 7.7 millimeters thick. So that gives you a little bit of a reference point. So Bain says, in a glass solution, you're really challenging the laws of physics in that to get a very tight bend radius, you want to go thinner and thinner, but you have to be able to survive a drop event and resist damage. That's the key. I don't give a damn how thin it is. If, it, if I drop it and it breaks, I'm mad. <laughs> the technical challenge is, can you keep these tight three to five millimeter bend radii and or radii and also increase the damage resistance of the glass? That's the trajectory we're on. And this is what Bain is saying. So this is what we're looking at now. 
that uh, Corning is looking at developing glass. So think about it now from the, the two that have been released from Android that are Android devices have plastic screens. They're looking at trying to have a bendable glass screen. Interesting. If Corning is able to make the foldable glass a reality, then it could be exactly what Apple and others need to achieve the folding phone form factor without compromising on design or durability. All right, I'll be waiting for an update on that one. Let me know if any of you have dropped the close to $2,000 on the foldable phones thus far, what you think about this Apple story, just in case you didn't know, the Samsung um, Fold is $1980, so $1,980. And the Huawei Mate 10, $2,600, a cool $2,600. I can't wait to hear from you. I'll be back. Cheers. So you say you want more Mediascope than just the Mediascope briefs? Well, I have something for you. Every Wednesday at 5 p.m. and then 6 p.m. Eastern Time, you get me more Mediascope. At 5 p.m. Eastern Time, we do Instagram Live. And just a few minutes to tease what's going to go on at 6 p.m. Yes, which is a full hour of Mediascope. It is so awesome. And you've got to join us. Let me tell you how. If you want to go to Instagram Live for the little conversation and teaser, five-ish. I'm never on exactly at five usually. So five-ish Eastern time, you can go to dr underscore T-A-C-H-I. So that's Dr. Underscore Tachi. And around five-ish, we have our little conversation. Then I hop on to Periscope, Facebook Live, and WJMSRadio.com at 6 p.m. Eastern time. That's right, all at the same time. So if you want to listen on Periscope slash Twitter, go to at Tachiada, T-A-C-H-I-A-D-A. If you'd rather listen or watch on Facebook Live, go ahead and go to at Mediascope16, Mediascope16. And if you can't watch, but you really just want to listen, you can plug it into your car or listen on headphones. All you have to do is go to WJMSRadio.com and you'll be able to experience us in full audio. So that's it. You have no excuse. I hope to see you tonight because we have a lot to talk about. Cheers.